Thanks, David. Well, welcome to church this morning. I hope you guys are um, feeling good. Uh, it's, it is a special morning this morning, being the Anzac morning. I was up nice and early at the crack of dawn. Um, I didn't get out to a service, but I did go to the end of my driveway, as I did last year. Um, but hey, this year we've been going through a series um, asking the question, why? Ooh. Asking the question, why? Sorry, I've got my, uh, this big iPad here and then I've got a little screen there, but if anyone in the front can see the screen, the writing is tiny. Anyways, we'll go off this. That's all good. We've been asking the question, why? We've looked at why Jesus? Why Easter? And why are we called out? All very intriguing, interesting, important questions that we need to ask. And this morning I get to cover a very fun one that you guys will all love. Why should we read the Bible? I'll make it very clear, I'm not up here to tell you why you should read the Bible. I'm not going to be, um, I hope that you do read it, but not because I've told you to. That'll become important a bit later. But I was talking with uh, my work uh, boss. Um, he rostered me on for a 12 till 5 shift today. I don't work Sundays, but he rostered me on because it's a public holiday. And I said, mate, I might be a little late. And he said, oh, why is that? And I said, well, I'm at church. And he's like, oh, I totally forgot. What are you doing? And I was like, well, this is actually a little bit of a bigger church service this week because I've got a bit more responsibility. Uh, I've got to preach. And he said, oh, what are you preaching on? And I said, well, wouldn't you like to know? I'm preaching on why you should read the Bible. And his response was, why, why should you read the Bible when it's just a made-up book of stories that comes from, if you believe it, a bigot God that has created a book of rules for you to follow? And I said, oh boy, this is going to be a long shift. <laughs> Anyways, maybe you've heard someone say this, why read the Bible when? I don't agree with what I think it says. Why read the Bible when it's just a bunch of made-up stories? Or why read the Bible when it's a book of rules? See, the problem with this is they all have one thing in common, a misinterpretation of what they think the Bible is and its purpose. This morning, I want to look at a couple questions. We're going to actually look at what the Bible is. I can't tell you to read it without actually explaining what it is first. And we're going to look at what its purpose is, because the Bible has a purpose, in the hope that by the end you would have a revelation for yourself as to why you should read the Bible, not because I've told you to. Would you pray with me before we begin? Heavenly Father, right now I thank you that you would... Reveal yourself to each and every one in this room. You would reveal why we should be reading the Bible. And that you would speak your words and not mine. In your mighty name, amen. So what is the Bible? I could, we could probably spend a whole year talking about what the Bible is. So we're going to cut that into five-minute video that we've got from the Bible Project, which explains it very nicely, I think. So if you just want to turn your attention to the screen behind me, and we'll watch that. The Bible. It's one of the most influential books in human history. 
It explores the big questions of why we exist. It's inspired many people to do amazing things. And confused many others. And you've probably got one sitting around somewhere. So, what is the Bible actually? Well, the Bible is a small library of books that all emerged out of the history of the people of ancient Israel. And in one sense, they were just like any other ancient civilization. But among them were a long line of individuals called prophets. And they viewed Israel's story as anything but ordinary. They saw it as a central part of what God was doing for all humanity. And these prophets were literary geniuses. Really? Yeah, they expertly crafted the Hebrew language to write epic narratives, very sophisticated poetry. They were masters of metaphor and storytelling. And they leveraged all of this to explore life's most complicated questions about death and life and the human struggle. So there's a lot of different authors writing this book. Yeah, and these texts were produced over a thousand year period, starting with Israel's origins in Egypt, then leading up to their kingdom with their first temple. But eventually they were conquered by the Babylonians who took them away into exile. Then at a crucial moment in their history, many Israelites returned to their land. They built a second temple, they reformed their identity. And this is when the Jewish scriptures began to be formed into the shape that we have them today. Okay, the Jewish Bible, what's in it? Well, in Hebrew, it's called by an acronym, Tanakh. The T stands for Torah, sometimes called the law. That's Israel's five book foundation story. The N stands for Nevi'im, the Hebrew word for prophets. And this section consists of the historical books that tell Israel's story from the prophet's point of view. Then you get the poetic books of the prophets themselves. The K stands for Ketavim, the Hebrew word for writings. This is a diverse collection of poetic books, wisdom books, and more narrative. And the Jewish people believe that through all of these literary works, God speaks to his people. Now, there were other Jewish writings being produced during this second temple period as well. Yeah, a really diverse group of texts. And these two were highly valued in Jewish communities. And there was debate from ancient times about whether or not some of these should be considered part of their scriptures. So this is a lot of different writings over a long period of time. Why did they put them all together like this? Well, altogether, these texts tell an epic story about how God is working through these people to bring order and beauty out of the chaos of our world. And it all builds up to a hope for a new leader who would come and renew all creation. And then the Tanakh concludes, and this leader never comes. So it's an expertly crafted work, but it's missing an ending? That's exactly right. Now, a few centuries later, a Jewish prophet comes onto the scene named Jesus of Nazareth. He claimed he was carrying the Tanakh story forward. Yeah, so Jesus did a bunch of cool stuff was killed, but his followers claimed he was alive from the dead. Yeah, they said that Jesus was that long-awaited leader who would restore the world. And so his earliest followers, called apostles, they composed new literary works about the story of Jesus. They called these good news or the gospel. They formed an account called Acts about the spread of the Jesus movement outside of Israel. And then they circulated letters to different Jesus communities all around the ancient world. And they saw these writings as part of the scripture. Yeah, the apostles wrote all of this as the fulfillment of that epic story found in the Tanakh. And they were continuing the literary genius of the Jewish tradition. They also believed that God was speaking to his people through these texts alongside the scriptures of Israel. So that's the Old and New Testament. But what did the early Christians think of the other Second Temple literature? Well, different groups had different views about some of these books, but we know they read them and valued these texts because they passed them along with the Jewish scriptures. 
Okay, so we've got the Tanakh, the Jewish scriptures. We got these other Second Temple period works. Then the writing of the apostles about Jesus. And that's a lot of literature, so what's in my Bible? So the Christian movement has taken different forms over 2,000 years, and from the beginning, all Christians recognized the Tanakh and the New Testament as scripture. And for centuries, much of the Second Temple literature was read as part of the biblical tradition. The Catholic Church eventually made it official and called some of the books from this collection the Deuterocanonical books. Some Orthodox churches used even more books from this Second Temple literature. And then in the 1500s, during the Reformation, Protestant Christians wanted to go back to the oldest writings of the prophets and apostles, so they accepted only the Old and New Testaments. Okay, I think I got it. That was me watching it. Okay, I think I got it. <laughs> awesome. If there's something that we can all agree on from that, it's that the Bible is not a fairy tale book of rules that fell down from heaven, but rather the Bible is the account of God's actions in the world and his purpose with all creation. I like to think of the Bible like this. Um, I'm still recently out of school, I'm not that old yet, but in school we would get textbooks. And I love to think of the Bible as a textbook. It's God's textbook to life, full of stories and characters. Uh, just like a school um, gives you a textbook, God gives us a textbook on how to do life. Instead of the answers being at the end page, I remember that was the, that was the best day when I realised that the maths textbook had the answers on the very end page, but we're going to turn it upside down so you can't read it. What? Just put it the right way up. Anyways, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I do. Um, God fills the answers to our questions through different styles of literature, stories and songs, through characters and people throughout the entire Bible. So instead of the answers being on the final page, you find answers to life and to the questions of life throughout the entire Bible itself. So what is the purpose of the Bible? Christianity.com says this, the Bible serves many purposes. Good start. It's our direct line to God's words and stories from the beginning of time. Through the stories, we learn who God is. That's important. Through the stories, we learn who God is. We are equipped with the power and truth of Scripture and encouraged by others who have suffered. God's Word teaches the gospel message and how those who follow Him are invited to be in community with Him forever. You know, through the stories, we learn who God is. Is That's the main purpose of the Bible. It's not the only purpose. Um, we could be here forever if we went into every purpose that the Bible has. Um, but that is the main purpose, that we would get to know who God is and his redemptive plan for all of humanity. If we think back to the textbook again, I believe that instead of having the Bible on the front page, we could actually cross that out and we could almost write, who is God and what is his redemptive plan for all humanity? Because those are the answers and the questions and the purpose of the scriptures. Here's some other purposes of the Bible. It's used for training 
2 Timothy 3.16 to 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You know, it's to be used as a guide. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet a light on my path, is to be used as a tool. Hebrews 4, 12 12 to 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. You know, it's to be used to protect us. I love this. John 17, 17 says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. This is Jesus praying to his Father. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Our God endures forever. Oh, hello. I've just jumped the next one. That does not make sense. Let's try that again from Evon, uh, they are not of the world, even though I um, am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. That sounds a bit better, doesn't it? And that the, word, the purpose of the word and the Bible is that it is to endure forever across all nations, across all civilizations, across all people forever. It says in Isaiah 40 verse 8, it says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. You know, let's go back to that textbook again. Throughout the pages of a textbook, we find different chapters. We find different themes. We find the same in the Bible. We find characters. uh, We find chapters on his love. We find who he is and who we are in reflection of that. That is one of the purposes of the Bible. I think this is for someone right now. Although the combined purpose of the Bible stays the same, that we would know his character, that we would know God and everything that I've mentioned before, sometimes some aspects of the purpose of the Bible will become more important in different seasons of your life. Because of this, the Bible remains true and relevant to the believer each and every day. Once we understand the purpose of the Bible, it answers the question as to why we should read it and consume it each day. I remember as a teenager going through this exact struggle, going from asking the question of what is the Bible, because some people will tell you very different things, to discovering that, to discovering its purposes, and then making my own personal decision based on that each day to read it. It wasn't that someone told me from the stage to read the Bible, and I did. And we would be wrong for telling you that. It was because I'd made my own per- I had my own personal revelation of what the Bible is. It's God's book of life, the textbook of life to lead us, to guide us, to get us through pain, to learn from others' suffering in the purpose that we would get to know him more. Now that we have an understanding of what the Bible is, I'll go back to that, um, what did I call it before? 
that definition, that's the word. The Bible is an account of God's actions in the world and his purpose with all creation. And the main purpose of the Bible being that we should, uh, that we would get to know him and his redemptive plan for all of humanity. This is why we should read the Bible. From a personal revelation of what the Bible actually is, its promises and its purposes. Not because someone told you from the stage, because that doesn't work. I'd love for you all to stand. Right now, I want to provide you with an opportunity not to, I'm going to read the Bible for every day until I die. That's not the opportunity I'm going to provide you with. I mean, if you want to do that, go ahead. It'll be awesome for you. But I want to address the heart right now. With every eye closed and head bound, I want to give you an opportunity to look at your heart. What is it that God's saying to you right now? What is it that you've believed about the Bible? Maybe you've had some of those questions like I started off with. Why read the Bible when I don't agree with what I think it says? Why read the Bible when it's a bunch of made up stories? Or, Or why read the Bible when it's a book of rules? I believe I'm here this morning to tell you that those are wrong. They're lies from the devil. The Bible is our way of understanding God. It's our direct link to the stories He's done in the past, to the miracles He's done in the past. It's our direct connection to who God is. And it is alive. So right now, I want to ask you a question. What do you think about the Bible? Is it your rock? Is it what you go to in times of need? Or is it something that sits in the cupboard? Is the Bible your strength when you're weak? Lord, right now I ask, that you would bring a revelation to each and every person in this room of what the Bible is and of its purpose. Because from personal experience, I know that once we understand the purpose of the Bible and what it actually is, it becomes like a fuel inside of us that drives us and pushes us towards reading it more because the more you read it the more you understand its purpose and the more you get to know him so lord i thank you for each and every person in the room right now that they would go away from today questioning what they think the bible is that they would question your purpose and you would actually give them answers that you would provide answers to the questions that they have Lord, I thank you that we live in a time where we can access the Bible 24-7.
You know, that's unique. That's something we take for granted. We live in a time when I can pull out my phone and have it right here. So Lord, I thank you that we would recognise the privilege that we have in your word, that it is true and that you would make yourself known through it. Amen. I also want to provide an opportunity for those of you who might not know Jesus, might not know the, the person of the Holy Spirit, might not know the Father. You know, you will discover those answers in the Bible, but what that'll do is it'll point you towards a personal, real connection with God, with the Holy Spirit. So right now, maybe you don't know God. Maybe you did and you've turned away. Or maybe you just need to recommit to living a life that serves Him. I just ask for you to repeat after me. Why don't we all repeat? And if this is, if you are one of those people, why don't you come down the front after the service and I'd love to talk with you and pray with you. But I think it's good to, for us all to go back to this salvation prayer. Sorry for the sins that I have committed. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Please come into my life so that I might be born again. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.